Well, good morning again. My name is Doug, and I'm the senior pastor here. Uh, we're going to be studying God's Word here in a moment, and if you don't have a Bible, we would love for you to have one this morning. If you want to raise your hand, one of our ushers will bring one to you. So uh, you're probably not the only one that doesn't have one with you this morning. We'd be glad to provide one. And if you don't own a Bible, we'd love for you to take one home. So if you need one, you can just slip your hand up, and uh, there's some here in the front. We'd be glad for you to have that. Today is a uh, very uh, emotional day for uh, those of us who have been on this journey uh, all along. Uh, it's really funny uh, how God can bring together just the right people to do exactly what He wants to, to uh, be accomplished. And, and so for us to be meeting in a movie theater with you here uh, is just a praise to our God. And so uh, as, as I reflect on the last year uh, of what God has done, it's just been an amazing journey. And, and I was reminded of what the psalmist said. I look to the hills, where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. We, we, have, we are here not because we've got it all figured out. We are, we are here not because we've had some great partners come alongside us. We are here not because there's a lot of volunteers. All that has been necessary. But we would just be meeting as a club if Jesus was not here. And so the reason why we're here and the reason why God has brought us to this point is because he had a plan that was greater than ours. And so we just give him honor and glory and praise for everything he's done. So why don't we just stop right now and give him a praise? Would you mind clapping your hands and praising the Lord for what he's done to bring us to this place today? When, when my family and I put everything that we owned in a moving truck and moved to South Dakota, we didn't know if it was even going to fly. And today, we don't know where it's going to stop. And that's a much better place to be, is uh, anticipating where God is going to lead us and where it's going to be, and we just give all the praise to Him. I'm going to ask you this morning, if you have your Bibles, to turn with me to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4, it's the first book in the New Testament towards the back part of your Bible. And uh, we are in the middle of a series that we've entitled Vision because what we wanted to do as we came upon this day of the anniversary of our church is to give you a picture of what it means to be a part of Connection Church. We, we wanted to kind of give you uh, a slice of who we are. And, and last week we talked about how God has called us out and, and what He's called us to do and kind of the DNA of who we wanted to be. And this week we're going to continue that. And we're actually going to talk about joining the team today and being a part of what God's doing at Connection Church. But today we're going to center on uh, just a few words in the middle of this passage, and if you have your Bibles, I want you to read along with me in Matthew chapter 4, beginning in verse 18. It says, while walking by the Sea of Galilee, he, Jesus, saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, and this is the important phrase that you should underline in your Bible and you should uh, pay attention to for this series, he said, follow me, and I will make you fishers. Of men. And immediately they left their nets and they followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James the son of Zebedee and John his brother, in the boat with Zebedee their father, mending their nets. And he called them. And immediately they left their boat and, the, and their father and they followed Jesus. I, just to kind of give you a little bit of background of where this passage of scripture has come from. 
Jesus has just begun his ministry. In fact, he in chapter 3 of Matthew was baptized. And uh, Amber, we are so proud of you today and, and you telling everybody what Jesus has done in your heart. And Jesus gave us that example. He said that our relationship with Christ was not meant to be hidden. It's not meant to be put on a pretty shelf in the, in the, uh, uh, in the special place in your heart. It's meant to be told to the world. And so Jesus gave us that example. And of course, Jesus' baptism was a really cool event because when he was baptized, the heavens opened up, doves flew down, and the, whole, the Heavenly Father said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. And so th- th- it was kind of an experience far beyond what you saw this morning. As exciting as this was, Jesus showed up and his father said, I'm proud of you for following the example and giving the example of what it should be to be a follower of God. And so in chapter 4, excuse me, in chapter 3, Jesus begins his ministry. In chapter 4, in the beginning part of that chapter, Jesus is tempted by Satan and and he is, he's tempted to try to walk away from God and to join in the the ranks of Satan. And and Jesus essentially, in, in, in my own redneck, ignorant way of seeing it, Jesus said, psh, I got this. This is my world, not yours. You don't own this. My father owns the cattle on a thousand hills and the hills that the cattle are standing on, and you don't own anything, Satan. And so Jesus said, get out of my face. Get away from me. I'm following God with all of my heart, with all of my life. I'm doing everything that I can to please my father. And so when we come to um, the the place where we are in chapter 4, Jesus has begun his ministry, and he's beginning to call around him Uh, a group of people, 12 men, that he is going to use to literally start the New Testament church of which we are a part of, of which we are a descendant of. And what Jesus didn't do, as we talked about last week, is Jesus didn't go to the Bible college. He didn't walk down to First Church of Jerusalem and say, I want your brightest, I want your best, I want the ones who you think are in the prime position to be the follower of the Messiah. Jesus did something unexpected. Jesus went and he called people who were, who were not really on everybody's A list. In fact, they may not have even been on B or C. When, when They were not ignorant men, but they definitely had not been the religious elite of that day. And so when Jesus called them out, he, he did what was unexpected and nobody was really expecting to see these guys. And so in my mind, what I see is a bunch of rough looking guys. I mean, some of them maybe had a record, you know, maybe some of them had done some things that they don't want to talk about anymore. I mean, these are tough guys. These are fishermen. These are guys who work with their hands. They're rough guys. I'm guessing they're tatted up, maybe got some rings hanging from everywhere. I mean, it's just the crew that Jesus put together was not what everybody thought that they would be. He thought that they would be the ones who, who, had, who had memorized the, the Torah, who, who had from day one gone to Sunday school every single week and, week and been involved in church and had gone to visitation and done all the things that were expected in church life. And Jesus said, you know what? I can do whatever I want because I'm connected to the Father who knows everything and can do anything that He wants. And so He's going to take what is unexpected and He's literally going to change the world. In fact, in this first calling, He's going to call one of the disciples that will literally preach a sermon where 3,000 people will come to know Christ. So God is, is in charge. Jesus is doing exactly what God wants Him to do. And He says, follow me. In verse 22, we see that, that these guys, they pick up, they follow. Uh, they 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 immediately take away from what they had uh, been doing and they said, we're going to follow Jesus. Why did they do that? 
We talked last week about four things. Number one is that Jesus had a purpose. Jesus knew where he was going. He was called by the Heavenly Father to do exactly what his purpose was on earth, and that was to be the Messiah. He was headed to the cross. He was living an example of a sinless life, and he wanted the whole world to see what it was like to, to be a devoted follower of God. He had a purpose, and these men saw that. The second thing that he had, if you look back up in verse 17, is that Jesus had already began to proclaim a message. Jesus had already began to say, listen, if you want to listen to me, I have a message. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He said it over and over again. You know why? Because the church of that day had thought they had got it all figured out. And they'd, they'd been like people in our society that had figured out in their minds what Jesus was going to do, what God was going to do, how the end was going to come, how it was going to be laid out. And just, I'll just tell you, this is just a little part of my heart. Anybody who tells me they know when God's coming back, in my mind, that equals fool, okay? Because here's what I know about the Bible. God said that Jesus doesn't know. Why would God tell you and not tell his own son, okay? So if somebody's telling you they know when the end is coming, just write them off crazy, uh, lunatic, fool, because they're ignoring what God has said. God said, no man knows the day nor the hour in which I come. I'm not even telling my son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross, so we don't know. So we have to live each day as if it is the last day. And so Jesus said, listen, you guys are all caught up in the religious activity. Listen, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He also came in power, as we talked about at his baptism, that when he baptized, it was more than just an event, that God showed up in a powerful way in that Acts 1 dunamis power that is, is going to come after Jesus has been crucified and laid in the grave that literally will kickstart the New Testament church. That incredible dynamic power is in Jesus' life and people are able to see it. And then he had direction. He knew exactly where he was going. But this morning, so that was last week's sermon in a lot shorter time period than what I preached it last Sunday. But let's, let's jump from there. He says in the middle of this passage, if you look with me in verse 19, he said, follow me. And then in the middle of that phrase, he says, I will make you. Would you say that with me? I will make you. I want us to focus this morning on that one phrase because I believe that if you and I are really going to be exactly what God wants us to be, it's not something we can get in a class. It's not something you can read in the latest self-help book. It's not something that you can get uh, e even, even at church because the power is not in the church. The power is in Christ alone. And so he says to those people, listen, I want you to follow me. And we understand why they were willing to follow because he had direction. He had a message. He had a purpose. He had all of that. He had the power of heaven. But then he says to them, listen, I will make you. In that moment, he, he says, I'm going to do something that, that nobody else could do. Why? Because he is the creator. How do we know that? Listen to the words of John chapter 1. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and he was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and in the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness had not overcome. You know what that passage says? That Jesus was there when the world was created. So when Jesus says, follow me, I will make you, he, is, he has that power because he is the creator. Okay, 
He, he made this beautiful world that we were in. He, he was there when, when the heavens were created, when the stars were set in place, when the earth was formed. Jesus was there and he was a part of that. And so when he says, I will make something, listen, he made something out of nothing. You, you can argue with me about science, but listen, God created an amazing world and, and we can say that it all happened because of an explosion, but that's just really, that's crazy, isn't it? You know, God spoke it into the existence because he is God. He is the creator. He can create from nothing something amazing. So when Jesus says in, in verse 19, I will make you, He has the power to do that because he is the creator of all things. You see, there was a promise of something different. These these guys had had lived life. and, And I don't know about you, but when I heard the gospel, when I heard that Jesus loved me, when I heard that he could transform my life, the promise that he gave those men is what he gave me. He said, Doug, listen, you've tried it on your own. Listen, I will make you. I I will change you. I will transform you. I will begin to mold your mind. I will begin to mold your heart. I will begin to create in you a new spirit. You see, for the first time, I believe in these disciples that Jesus was calling out, there was a hope. For the first time, there was a promise of a better life. For the first time, there was a promise of real life change. That gospel, that good news, that message that we we began to see can change them like never before. You see, because these guys had been to church. They'd listen to the message. And when I talk to people about Connection Church, some people say, you know what? I've been to church. And I say, you know what? I understand. But listen, don't don't come to Connection Church because of us. You come to church because of Jesus. You come to Connection Church not because we're the only church in town that's got it figured out because we don't. Listen, there are some some amazing churches in this city who are telling people about Jesus, who are winning people to Christ. And listen, we're not in competition. We're on the same team because we're trying to build the kingdom of God together. In fact, I pray with pastors and I pray for pastors regularly. Why? Because we're not in competition. So when you come to church, it's not because we have got it all figured out, because, because we don't. But we're following Jesus, and he's got it all figured out. And we're asking him for his direction. You see, because these guys have said, you know what, I want something different. And you may be in this room today, and you may be going, I don't, I don't even know if I like what I'm hearing. I don't even know if I like Connection Church, all, all the lights, you guys, you're, you're, you're different, your pastor, he's ugly and weird, and, and you know, all these things, you've got a work, great worship leader, but you know, I, I, don't, I don't know about all this, what, what's different about you? I'll tell you what's different, is that we're not seeking to give you our message, we're seeking to give you his message. And here's what I know. The same promise that Jesus gave to the disciples, he said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. That phrase, I will make you, is alive for you. For the first time, you may hear that God can change your heart because he wants to. Because he has the power to. Because he has the ability to. He says, listen, I will make you. Now remember, the men that Jesus is calling are really the unexpected, and God has the ability to do the unexpected, do with the unexpected a supernatural work. In fact, these guys that Jesus is calling from the fishing boats, he's about to go into the city and, and grab a hold of some guys who are in some, in some different areas and doing some different things and maybe not doing the right thing. And he's taking the unexpected, and he's about to do a supernatural, powerful work in and through them. Why? Because he can. 
He's the creator. He can create in them something that was not in them before. You see, God is in the business of taking what is not enough and making it more than enough. How do we know that? Well, it's all throughout the Bible that you hold in your hand. If you look in 1 Samuel chapter 16, the, the prophet is, is, uh, is told by God that Israel needs a new king. And so he goes out and, and he begins to try to figure it out. And, and he, God sends him to a man's house named Jesse. And he, he asked Jesse, he said, Jesse, listen, God has said that the king is in your family. Now, I don't know what you like, if you know what it's like to be a dad, but when, you're, when your kids do something that you, you can be proud of, do we usually keep it silent? No, you can't get us to shut up, right? You know, we, we're, we're posting on Facebook, you know, my kid, he's the smartest kid in the class and all the other kids are just stupid. And, you know, and, you, know you put a bumper sticker on the back, you know, my kid's smarter than yours or, or whatever you do. Cause you're, why? Because you're proud. You really shouldn't do that. That doesn't glorify Jesus. But people do it. I see your bumper stickers. But, you know, but, but we, we're, we're proud. In fact, it, parents are at one level and grandparents, they're like on Mars. I mean, they're just off the chart. You can't even, you know, used to they had, you could only limit it to what the, you could carry in, in their wallet. Now they got, they got iPhones and they're going, look at this, you know, and, and you're going, yeah, I got to be at work tomorrow. So I don't have three hours to look at all your grandkids because that's the same picture 19 times that you took. But we're proud. And so Jesse was a proud guy. And so he, he begins to line up who he thought. And so he brings in his oldest son, you know, good-looking, strong. And, and Samuel goes, eh, it's not him. And, and, and for a moment, God kind of pulls Samuel aside and he says this. Listen, listen to what he says. The Lord said to Samuel, do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature because I have rejected him. Listen to this. For the Lord sees not what man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And so in that moment, Samuel got different instructions. He said, don't look with your eyes. Let me guide your heart. And so Jesse lines him up and he, he brings in his second son and he goes, what, what about this one? No, no, it's not him. And the next one and the next one. And, and finally he gets to the end he says, is, is, is this all your sons? Well, you know, we got David, but David's out watching the goats and the sheep. You really want to meet him? Because he's like the little runt junior high kid that's, you know, got pimples all over his face. You know, he, he, he's just not. What, what, David? All right, go, go get David. Go get, and and all, you, you know the other brothers are going, David we beat him up. You know, we just rolled him down the hill in a barrel last week. He, he's, not, he's not king material. He's not leadership material. And they bring David in and Samuel's heart, God says to Samuel's heart, that's him. And you know what? David became the king. You know what happened in that moment? God began to prepare a man to be a leader who would literally change the face of a nation. He, came, he became the greatest leader he changed that. He made some mistakes. He did. But you know what God said about David? That he was a man after his own heart, after God's own heart. You see, God doesn't look at the outward appearance. He looks at the heart. You see, because so when Jesus said, I will make you, you see, God has a plan that the world may not understand. And when he looks at us and, and we look in the mirror and we think, you know what, what can I do for God? 
What, what, can I, what can I possibly do? God, do you not know who I am? Do you, do you not know that, that I live in little bitty old spearfish and, 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 and I, nobody knows who I am? You know what excites me is the culture of our generation, especially the younger people in our generation. You know why? Because they're not letting people tell them no. They're saying, you know what? I can make a difference. One person can make a difference. And you're seeing throughout this generation of 30 and below, there, there are people who are stepping up and they're, they're starting movements that are literally changing the lives of the world. They're saying, you know what? I may not be able to change the whole world, but I'm going to change this portion of the world. I'm going to change this area. I'm going to make a difference. No longer am I going to step back and expect somebody else to do the job. I'm going to step forward because God has given me the ability to stand forward because He has made me. You see, there there are three phrases I want to focus on this morning. Number one is this. I will. You see, God desires to change my life for the better because He can. How do we know that? The, the scripture says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, that when we come to Christ, that we become a new creation. Listen to this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, when, when, when you come to Christ, that you are a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. For some of you in here, the old needs to pass away. You, you're ready for it to pass away. You're, you're ready for it to get out of your life. That old sin, that old, that old problem that's been dra- you've been dragging it around for years, and, and you're tired, you want to be set free. Listen, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says that God wills that you become a new person, that you get a second chance, or a fifth chance, or a tenth chance. I don't know about you, but oftentimes when I go to God, I have to go, Lord, it's me. And I did it again. And I I really didn't want to be here, but I did it. Here's what grace means. God doesn't say, "Eh, eh, no more for you, you know, trap door, you're out of here. What does he say? Yeah, I'll forgive you. I'll clean you up and I'll give you grace. Why? Because he wants to create in us. It's, it's his will. He says, I will make you. God begins to create a new creation inside of you. For some of you, 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 you have seen the process. I love talking to new believers in Christ because it's, it's like Christmas. <laughs> you know, they just go, you know what? I used to be an angry person and now I have compassion for people that I would have kicked out the front door. Before I met Jesus, I, I used to be a greedy person. And I only thought about me. And now I can't be generous enough. I, 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 I want to give away everything I have. I, I want to be generous in my, in my time and my energy and my resources because I, God's changed my heart. They say, you know what? I used to be extremely selfish. And now I want to live a selfless life, not about me. You see, God changes you because he makes you into something that is different. How does he do that? He says that I will, I will make you, but there's a reason. And there's two other words I want you to catch this morning. And those are, I am. 
Because you need to understand who God is. You need to understand the perspective of, of Exodus chapter 3. If you remember from the Old Testament, if you uh, maybe grew up in church, you remember there was a guy named Moses. And Moses shows up one day, and uh, he's kind of minding his own business. And he steps into an area, and there's a burning bush. Now, we live in the Black Hills, and stuff seems to catch on fire all the time. It's not kind of that fire, okay? It's like a bush, but it's on fire, but it's not burning up. Okay? And so, you know, that looks a little bit weird. Something's wrong. And, and all of a sudden he realizes he's in the presence of God. That God has shown up in an amazing way, in an incredible way, in an unexplainable way. And he takes his shoes off because he's on holy ground. And, and God begins to talk to him and says, listen, I want you to be the leader of a nation. I want you to, to lead my people out of captivity. I want to do something. And, and Moses is kind of like us. Moses is going, God, don't, don't you know who I am? I mean, I'm from the back, I'm from the backfields. I mean, I'm the sheep herder. I, I'm the guy that nobody knows. Why, why would they want to follow me? Who, who am I supposed to tell them sent me? And in that moment, God says, you tell them I am who I am. What? What, what did you, sorry, can you repeat that back? I am who I am. God, you know, I'm not sure I completely understand that. Can you give me perspective? And in that moment, he says, listen, when they ask you who's in charge, you tell them I am in charge. I am. When, when they ask who's going to, to deliver them out of captivity, you say that I am. When, when they ask who has the authority to do what you have been told to do, you tell them that I am. I have the authority. When they ask how this world all got, and created, got created and got here, you tell them that I am did it. You tell them. And so in that moment, Moses understands that those two words, I am, have the power to literally change the face of eternity because God is in control. And he says, you tell them, I am who I am. In fact, I am the only one. I am the only God. God. I am the only one who they need to worship. I am the only one that they need to depend on. I am. And when they ask where the provision is going to come from, you tell them that I am is going to provide it. And so in that moment, Moses went from uh, utter uh, confusion to complete clarity because he understood, oh, I am said. God said that he will do it because God wants to wanted to change Moses. And if you read the, the continuing story of Exodus, great story, really cool thing. We'll probably deal with it sometime. But in that moment, I am shows up. God shows up and he changes Moses. He, he gives him a boldness. He puts people around him so that he can be the leader that he needs to be. And he says, listen, when you need something, you depend on I am. Well, guess what? The same God that showed up to Moses is here today. And he's never changed. And he hadn't lost his power. And although we don't have a burning bush that's not burning up in this room, I want you to know that God is still just as real. He says, when you need something, then you ask, I am. When you are in trouble, you go to I am. When, when somebody asks you by what authority you're doing what you're doing for the sake of the kingdom of God, you say, I am told me to do that. And I'm following him. Here, here's the great freedom that I have as a pastor, that our staff and leadership has, is that we're really not here to please you. We're ple here to please I am because he's given us our orders. And if there's six people or 6,000 people here, we're going to follow his orders. And when he tells us to go home, we'll go home. And that brings us great peace. And it's not just for me, it's for you. In my home, in my marriage, it's my job to lead my family, to follow I am. You know why? 
Because he is my provider. He is, he is the one who protects me. He's the one that every good and perfect thing comes from in my life. And so I have to depend on I am. And so when God says, I will make you, it's because he is I am. And he has the ability to do whatever he wants. He is the only God. He is the only Redeemer. He is the only Savior. He is all-knowing. He is all-powerful. He has no limitations. He is I am. When we look at one year in the life of Connection Church, and people ask me how we've gotten here, I've just decided I'm going to start saying, I am, did it. And I know that doesn't really make sense, and we probably shouldn't put it on a t-shirt because it just confused people, okay? But you catch what I'm saying? It's not about us. God showed up. Whoever would have thought that God would show up in an amazing way and spearfish South Dakota? People don't even know where this place is. Good thing. We want to keep it a secret, right? But God showed up. Connection Church is a place where God keeps showing up. And I'm telling you, we sit in, in planning and leadership meetings and we go, wow, God's just awesome. We can't explain why all this is happening, why, why he keeps pushing forward and allowing us to have these blessings. And we just need to understand it's because he is I am. When we think of the lives that have been changed and the people ask how it all happened, we have to say, I am did it. When, when, people, when we think about the future and the people we, we want, to know, uh, want to know where we're going and how we're going to get there, the only answer I can give to you about the future of Connection Church is that we're following I am. We have his hand and we, we, we said, God, we're not letting go until you bless us and we're going to follow you wherever you tell us to go and wherever you lead us because you are I am. So today, we celebrate, I am, we, we praise, I am, we glorify, I am, for His fame, it's for I am, it's for God's glory, it's for His glory. And Jesus said, listen, I will make you, and He, uh, he, will, he will do it because He is, I am. And it's not just for me, and it's not just for somebody who you think might deserve the, the grace, it's for you. I am wants to bless your life. I am wants to change your future. I am wants to do something in your life that is totally unexplainable because he is, I am, and he can. And that's the last phrase I want to share with you this morning is I can. I, I love it when Jesus has a discussion with people and, and they kind of question who he is and his authority and, and in the back of, the, of his mind, you, you, this is just how I think, but you know Jesus has got to be going, I'm doing it because I can. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm God. Jesus never had a doubt about who he was calling. He never looked at the disciples and said, you know, I hope this works out and we don't have to like have two alternates, you know, because come, you know, one guy did kind of go a little bit crazy. But I mean, he, he, Jesus knew that even. And he said, you know, I never have a doubt about who I'm calling. And, and Jesus never had a doubt about how he could use them. And Jesus never had a doubt about where the ship was headed. Why? Because I am can do anything that he wants to do. You see, when you work for the king of the kings and lord of lords, there is no doubt about the completing of task. There is no doubt that God can change the life of whoever uh, he wants to. So here's the journey that we're on today. As Connection Church, we believe that Jesus can not only save us, but He can change us. We believe that He can revive us. We believe that He can restore us. We believe that He can renew us. Why? Because He is, I am, and I am 
can do whatever he wants to do. For the first time since our first service of Connection Church, we're asking officially for you to join us in this journey. I know some of you have been attending here for months and uh, you've been praying and working hard and and serving and and you've been in the trenches and you've been inviting your friends and thank you. But today we want to take it to a next level. We've been very slow to invite people to be a part, officially members of this body for a, for a reason. Because we didn't want to just we didn't want to just have members of a church who never did anything. Because some of you, if you've been members of a church, you sign your name on a roll, and then they don't even know who you are. And you disappear off the map, and nobody even knows whether you're there or whether you're gone. And you know what we said? We, we don't want to be that kind of church. We don't want to be up in your business, but man, if you're in need, we, we want to be there for you. And that's one of the reasons why we do small groups is because if you really want the care of a church, if you really want to be around people who care about you, then you need to be in a small group. But, but today we are offering to you to be a part of this movement that is not, God, God's not just doing in this room, but He's doing it in this city. And He's doing it in Belfouche, and He's doing it in Deadwood Lead, and He's doing it in the Black Hills, and He's doing it at Black Hills State University. And God's got a movement that is happening, and it's beginning here. And we're asking you today to join in this. Listen, we don't want you to just join it because you think this is a cool place to be. We, we don't want a holy club. We want to, we want to walk uh, in, in, a, in a pattern that follows Jesus and that we're committed to follow Him. And so there's a standard that we're setting a bar and saying, listen, don't just join, come in on Sunday, sit and never do anything. We want you to be a part of a church and we want you to be active in your faith. We want you to be growing in your relationship with Christ. We want you to be serving in the ways that God has gifted you to serve so that we can not only reach our city, but literally reach our region for Christ. Because, listen, God didn't need another church just like he's got in other places in this city. He needs a church that's going to make a difference for the kingdom of God. He needs a church that's going to proclaim the gospel. He needs a church that literally says, you know what, we can't change the world. But one day, one person, one mission trip, one service project, one way after another that we can make a difference in the world that God has called us to do that in. If you want to be a part of that today, we're going to invite you to be a part of that. How does it all happen? What's the long-term plan? Will we always meet in a theater can we ever get popcorn in the movie theater on Sunday morning? I know these are all questions that you're asking about Connection Church. But listen, seriously, what is the plan? Here's the plan. We're following I Am. And wherever He asks us to go, we're going to go. And we don't want to be here for one year. We don't even want to be here for five years. We want to be here for generations to come. Because we believe that God's doing something here that is unique and that is different. And that we're going to be able to reach people with the message of the gospel and have their eternity changed. And if you want to be a part of that today, I'm going to encourage you to begin to pray if God is calling you to be a part of this movement to reach our city, our region, our state, our nation, and our world for Christ. Would you bow your head with me? With every head bowed and every eye closed, <clears throat> more than we would, would love for you to be a part of this church. Today we want you to be a part of the kingdom.
Scripture says that if anyone would come to the cross, that Jesus will meet them there. And if you're here this morning and you've never asked Jesus into your heart, that's why you're here. We could really care less about whether you join the membership of Connection Church. We want you to join in the family of God. So if you've never asked Jesus into your heart, right now where you are, I want to lead you in a prayer. You don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to understand everything about the Bible. But what you do have to admit is your need for forgiveness of your sins and for Jesus to be your Savior. If you want to do that right now, I want to lead you in a prayer. You don't have to pray it out loud. You can pray it in your heart. But right where you are, would you pray with me, Lord Jesus? Thank you for loving me. Thank you for never giving, giving up on me, never walking away. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for dying on the cross for my sins. I confess to you all of my sins, everything I've ever done wrong, every impure thought, every impure motive, every selfish act, everything that I've ever done that's against you. I ask you to forgive me, to cleanse my heart, to come in to be my Lord and my Savior. Lord Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross, that you were buried, and on the third day you rose again. And today I ask you to come in to be my Redeemer. Now with your head bowed and your eyes closed, if you prayed that prayer, the Bible says that if you meant it, and it wasn't just words that you said, but it was a message from your heart straight to the heart of God, that God will save you. He will forgive you. He will cleanse you. He will give you 2 Corinthians 5, 17. He will give you a new life, a new creation inside of you. If you prayed that prayer today for the first time, I'm not calling you out. I just want to pray for you. I'm not going to come to you. But if you prayed that prayer, would you just lift your hand up and say, Pastor, pray for me. I prayed that today. Anybody? I see that hand. Thank you. I see that hand. Anybody else? Nobody's looking around. It's just me. I see that hand. Thank you. Anybody else? Pray for me, Pastor. Thank you. I see that hand. Anybody else? Thank you. I see that hand. Anybody else? I see that hand. Thank you. Thank you. All over the room. Anybody else? Nothing to be ashamed of. This is a safe place. Anybody else? All ages, young and old, I see that. Thank you. The Lord is moving. Don't, don't uh, be afraid. Nobody's going to come to you. Anybody else will say, Pastor, pray for me. I see that hand. Thank you. You can put that hand down. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. Heavenly Father, it's very evident today that you brought people into this room for a purpose to hear about your love, to hear about your grace, to hear that you are I am, that you are able to change us. And Father, we, we know that we are, we are sinful people and we need you today. And God, we don't want anybody for any pressure to feel like they need to uh, make a decision today. So Father, I pray for those that have come freely in their heart and they've given their life to you, Lord, that you would you would just work in their hearts, Lord, that they would know that today that you have saved them, that you have forgiven them, and Lord, that they might have a peace that passes the world's understanding, and today that they might begin a journey of following you. Lord, we, we love you, and we, we thank you that your salvation, you never run out. You never run out of grace. You never run out of mercy. You never run out of, of forgiveness, and Lord, that you here today have done a work in people's lives 
And Lord, this dozen plus people who raised their hand this morning, I pray that in their life today, Lord, that you would just do a work. Lord, that you would begin a journey in their lives where they seek to follow you and they believe that you are I am and that you want to change them to be more like you and to live a life that glorifies you. Lord, thank you today. We, we are just honored by your presence. Greater than any famous person that could be here today, Holy Spirit, you have been welcome here and we thank you for being here today. Lord, for those who are hurting this morning, I, I just believe right now that there are some people in this room who they've got a heavy burden. They, they've got some things going on that are tough. And with every how bad and every eye closed, if you say that's me, Pastor, I just got a tough thing going on. Nobody's looking around. I just want to pray for you. You can just slip your hand up. Anybody in this room? Yes, I see that hand. I see it. Hey, listen, God cares. I see that. It's okay. You're in a safe place. I see your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Say, Pastor, pray for me. It's tough. Thank you. I see that. It's a tough road. I need Jesus' help. Thank you. I see that hand. I see it all across the room. Thank you. Thank you. Lord Jesus, for those that have raised their hands this morning, I pray the power of heaven down. We claim that promise that when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death that you are with us, Lord. There are tough things going on in people's lives today. They need you. And so, Father, I pray, not for an emotional reason, but, God, that that these people are seeking your help and they seek your guidance today. So, Father, would you do something in their life that is unexplainable because you are, I am, and you can, and you will, and you will make them, and you will change them. Father, we pray that, that you will be the great provider. God, you will do amazing, incredible, miraculous things, unexplainable, except that God stepped down out of heaven today in their lives. Give them a peace. Lord, we thank you for loving us. And God, I pray today for those who maybe need to consider being a part of Connection Church. Lord, I pray that you would give them guidance. Lord, for those who don't need to be a part of that, that's fine. But Lord, for those that you are calling to join us in this journey, give them wisdom today. Give them peace. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen.